Well, hello. This is Kate Larson with Health is Power, and the dark winter is upon us. Daylight saving is officially here, and I don't know about you, but I am certainly struggling to gracefully accept the darkness. I thought, however, that it provided an opportunity to talk about vitamin D, which we associate with sunshine, and I know many people take as a supplement. I am always so grateful to be spending time with you and hopefully providing a little boost of energy and clarity with the podcast. I believe that little tiny practices in our days can add up to phenomenal shifts in our health and our perspectives. And I hope this one, this topic is of interest to you. So this vitamin is often referred to as the sunshine vitamin. It's both a nutrient that we eat and it's a hormone that our bodies make, and it, it plays a variety of roles in your body. It's fat soluble and it helps the body absorb and retain calcium and phosphorus. These are critical for building and maintaining bone. It's also been shown through research to reduce cancer cell growth, help control infections, reduce inflammation, it's been identified in blood sugar control and regulating genes. It's playing an important role and we need it. We call it the sunshine vitamin because it's made by your skin when you're exposed to the sun. It's not clear how much unprotected sun exposure is necessary to maintain levels. And I think it's many factors, strangely, how far you live from the equator, the season, the time of day, your skin pigmentation and your age. What happens when we're deficient and what makes us deficient? Sometimes it's a lack of vitamin D in our diet. It can be poor absorption. Sometimes our bodies have a metabolic need for more vitamin D. And I think that, of course, if for an extended period of time, we're not receiving enough sun exposure, a deficiency could arise, but that's not very common. To go a little bit more granular, people who don't tolerate milk, eggs, fish, for example, those who are lactose intolerant or are following a vegan diet, they are at risk for a deficiency. People with GI conditions, inflammatory bowel disease, Crohn's disease, any conditions that are going to disrupt how you digest fat will get in the way of your gut's ability to absorb fat. People who are obese often have lower vitamin D levels because the vitamin D is, is stored in excess fat tissues, which makes it not available for circulating blood to break down and use. So what happens when we're deficient? It, it can lead to bones that are thin and brittle. In children, it can cause rickets, which for me associated with times gone by, it's not very common, certainly in developed countries anymore. And in adults, it can cause what's called osteomalacia, which is weak and softened bones that then can turn into osteoporosis, which is the opposite where they're getting porous and brittle. With osteomalacia, it is reversible with supplementation. Once you get to the place of osteoporosis, that is permanent. What do we do with all this information? Those examples I was giving you before were very specific. For the majority of us, these are the things that I suggest you start with. First thing, this is true for many, many aspects of our health. 
make sure you're getting an annual exam with your primary care doctor and that you're taking time to take notes and be thoughtful about that visit. Often they're going to ask you to do routine blood work, and that is going to show you what your vitamin D levels are. If they see any imbalance, they're going to have that conversation and be able to help you with any supplementation. Number two, stay informed. Maybe that's not what you look to read during the day, but if you are trying to learn about any health issue, just, I encourage you, please go to a credible source and don't just take the advice of a friend or the person who's running the supplement section in the co-op. We need to really look at the data and research changes all the time. Number three, get out in the winter, get out. The sun is not as strong as it is in the summer, but it's still giving us that sunshine, which lifts our hearts and also provides this important vitamin. And it's getting us out of our nestling cave dwelling tendencies to move our bodies, to be out in fresh air. By the way, in case you're wondering, catching the sun's rays in your house or sunny office or driving in a car is unfortunately not gonna help you get vitamin D because the window glass completely blocks the light. Number four, we can get vitamin D through our food and we always are better off if we're eating a diverse, nourishing, fresh diet. I'll tell you some of the foods that are great sources of vitamin D in particular, oily fish, salmon, swordfish, tunefish, orange juices, Dairy and plant milks are often fortified with vitamin D. Sardines, especially if you come from Scandinavian roots like I do. Beef liver, not my jam, but if you love it, it's good for you. Egg yolks and fortified cereals. Again, you can look at the label and see if cereal that you love has this in it. And then lastly, just maintaining a healthy weight and trying to incorporate weight-bearing exercise. Weight-bearing exercise can be things like squats with your own body weight, or it can be actually using weights. Great to incorporate that in addition to any cardio that you're doing. So I know this was a very specific podcast about this important substance in our bodies, but I hope you enjoyed it because I think it helps us to have these little kind of slivers of information of how the whole system works. and. It's pretty easy with that list that I just went through to check some of those boxes and you'll probably be in a great place with getting enough vitamin D and you don't need to buy the supplements anymore. Thank you for listening. I hope you turn off this podcast and walk out into the sunshine right now and I will see you on the flip side.